it's a, it's a diploma or a degree. You know, some of you have something like this. It says the University of Georgia. <laughs> Let me just read that part again. The, univer- <laughs> the University of Georgia um, uh, hereby confers upon Angelo, don't you dare laugh, <laughs> Angelo Brooks Kale, the degree of Bachelor of Arts in Journalism. All right, so 1989, Angelo finishes college. It, it took a lot of time. I mean, it was hard cramming a four-year degree into six years almost. I mean, not everybody... Not everybody can do that. You know, that, that, that means, it means something to me. You've got something that means a lot to you, whether it's something similar to this or a trophy or an award, something, something that means a lot. It may be on a desk or in your room, in a drawer, on a wall, but those things mean things to us, and uh, they make a difference. They're sometimes reflective of a lot of hard work, a tremendous amount of grace, a treme- maybe a reflective of uh, a lot of money that you paid, a lot of effort that you uh, uh, demonstrated. What if I told you, however, that I have a scratch piece of paper that is worth infinitely more to me than that which I just showed you. That if you were to ask me, Brooks, would you, would you choose that or this scratch sheet of paper? I wouldn't even have to think about it. I wouldn't have to pray about it. In an instant, before you could snap your fingers or even blink, I would choose the scratch sheet of paper over this. Anything else that hangs on my wall for that matter. Hannah has a way of coming into my office at times, and when she comes to my office, she'll come to the front edge of my desk, and she knows there's a scratch pad there that she'll grab one of those pieces of paper. She'll get a pen or a highlighter or something that has some color, and she'll often draw me pictures. This little scratch sheet of paper, I would not trade for the world, and you can see on the overhead, she wrote it in her own, I didn't tell her what to write, kind of looks like I did, but I didn't tell her what to write. She put, Dad, I love you. That's, that's her, by the way, holding the flower. That's me in the middle. I really need to work out on my arms a little bit. <laughs> it's pretty reflective, actually. She, she's got quite an eye. <laughs> and uh, and then that's Drew over there, our almost four-year-old now, Hannah's six. And um, this was, I think, maybe right around the time. April hasn't earned a spot in, in, you know, in, as, a, as one of the kids, I guess, yet in the picture. But she, she drew this for me, it just random, off the, just off the cuff for me. And then there's another one that she gave me that, um, that I hung on to. It sits on my desk that she wrote herself. And then later she came back and she colored it in. She said, Dad, I love you so much, Dad. And uh, this little kindergartner is doing, doing pretty well. You know, these, these mean the world to me. Just a scratch sheet of paper that is not any longer just a scratch sheet of paper. They are, they're simple. I mean, you're talking just a pen, maybe a couple of highlighters and a little just cut-out piece of paper. They're, they're from the heart. They're creative, and they're personal. She didn't write that for anybody else but for one person on the face of this earth, and it means everything to me. You know, it's a lot like what we celebrate today. When God demonstrated his love for you, it was very, very simple. You're talking a piece of wood vertical and a piece of wood horizontal. Not a nicely fashioned piece of wood, a piece of rough sawn lumber with its rough edges and its, and its splinters that were there for everyone to see. Not one piece of sandpaper would have ever touched that lumber And yet it was a simple demonstration of the very love of God. It was from the heart. It was creative. There there were many crucifixions that took place in the first century, but none like the one that took place that day. And then it was at the same time extremely personal, intensely personal. It wasn't an offering to the Jewish people or the Gentile people or to the Romans or to any other select group. It was an offering... To the world, yes, but to every face and every life and every person that was 
reflective of that world. It was an offering that even would have had your name on it specifically. That when Jesus, God's perfect sacrifice, fully God and fully man, when he died on the cross, that simple demonstration of the love of God was an intensely personal demonstration. To the point to where Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says that while we were yet sinners, not when we got good enough, not when we started going to church enough, not when we put enough in the offering plate, not when we helped enough little old ladies across the street, so to speak, not when we had learned enough about theology and the details of scripture, it was when we were yet sinners, before we were good enough, before we knew enough before we were even for us even in existence God knew the sin we would commit and it says but while we were yet sinners Christ (laughs) died for us God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us you know what it doesn't matter to Hannah what I do It doesn't matter if I was a professional athlete or a pastor or something in between or something on the other ends of the extreme. Those things just don't matter to my little six-year-old. It doesn't matter if I'm the greatest of successes or the worst of failures. Those things don't matter to her. She doesn't care if I make a lot of money or if I make little money or none at all. She doesn't care who I know or where I go or what I do or what I've done or any of those kind of things. None of those things matter to that little six-year-old. What matters is, is that she loves her dad an awful lot and what could not be kept in when she drew those two little notes for me was that love it overflowed onto a simple piece of paper to demonstrate a tremendous wealth of love for me and listen for you it is much the same that it doesn't matter who you know it doesn't matter who you don't know or where you've been, or what you've done. It doesn't matter how much you have or how much you lack. It doesn't matter what went on last night or last week, or how big that list is in the back of your mind, that do-over list, that if I only had a chance to go back and do over some things, I would, I would, I would quickly do it. That list, it doesn't matter how long it may be, those things, yes, they matter to God because you matter, but they're not the most important things on God's agenda for your life. What matters most is that God's love for you is a love that is intense. It is a love that is overflowing. It is a love that longs to embrace you no matter where you've been or what you've done or what you've missed, what you've accomplished or or, or what your life has become. God's love for you is infinitely greater than you could ever grasp or even think or even imagine. And it was a love that was proven on the cross when Jesus Christ, God himself, who came as a person, took your place. And he died for you there in an intensely personal way. So that all those things that you've done that the Bible calls sin can be forgiven. They matter in the sense that our sin separates us from God. But greater still than all of our sin is the grace and love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, God himself, who died in your place. He didn't find a scratch sheet of paper and a spare pen. He took a cross for you so that all who turn from sin and all who place their faith in him, not just believing in him up here, but trusting him with our lives, can know him personally, can have our sins, as was sung, removed as far as the east is from the west, never held against us again, can have a hope of heaven that awaits, and until then, the assurance that God is with us, that he loves us, And that he's moved heaven and earth once to reach us. And he'll do what he takes, whatever it takes, to work his will in our lives today. And so we come to a place like this, the Lord's Supper. And I'll explain in just a moment a little more of what this detail is. 
But for the Christian, for the one who's seen God's offer and accepted God's offer, for the one who has turned from sin and placed their faith as an act of our will in the person of Jesus Christ, we come to a place today where we celebrate what he's done for us. A one-time event in history when he died and when he rose that we only respond to once for salvation, but then we live out the implications of that salvation every day of our lives. And so we come to a place where we take the bread, we take the juice, representative of Jesus' body and Jesus' blood. And it reminds us, number one, of the tremendous cost he paid, that we're not free cheaply. We're free as believers because he paid a high cost for our salvation. We're not free in and of ourselves. We're free by God's grace, that it's only by his grace are we saved. And even that through faith, that we come to Jesus on his terms in a life of surrender and a life of repentance. But at the same time, this is an opportunity for us to take inventory of our lives because I'll tell you, for this preacher, and I have a sneaky suspicion for you too, it can be real easy for us to overlook the cost of our salvation, of what God had to endure for us to have an opportunity to be saved. And it's an opportunity for us to look into our hearts to ensure that we're walking closely with him in a way that's genuine and in a way that's authentic. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, as received Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name. Listen, there is no other way to heaven. There is no other way to a relationship with God but through Jesus Christ. And when we come to him on his terms, and we yield our life in repentance and in faith, and we ask him in whatever words we know to come in and take over this life, he answers that prayer. He does it every time. And he'll begin to work in us what only the God of heaven could accomplish. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, as we come to this time, 